I'd just like to read one verse out of Isaiah 30, where we turn to Proverbs 6. Uh, Isaiah 30, verse 21. In thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. One more time. In thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. Let's also turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Reading from verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. <clears throat> Let us kneel down and worship the Lord. <clears throat> o thou eternal one, the one that sustains everything by his spirit, nothing can exist without it. Everyone is upheld. Ye, Lord, we pray that thy grace may enfold us O Lord, and none be here that rejects that grace. And that thou mayst uphold thy servant to speak thy word in, <clears throat> in simplicity and truth, that it may go forth and meet the needs, O Lord, and that it also be received. Dear Father, we cannot <clears throat> do anything right on our own. We need thy guidance. We need especially thy good and Holy Spirit that still small voice that has to be heeded, and we have to be willing to heed it. And thy holy word, which discerns and reveals unto us, if we look into it and see ourselves, and that it may reveal anything, O Lord, that displeases thee, that we may leave, and those things that please thee, that we may embrace them. O Lord God of glory, we thank thee. <coughs> for the opportunity and the quietness of this morning that we can here gather together. And, and though we hear the rushing to and fro of this world even here, but yet <clears throat> our spirit being gathered unto thee, O Lord, in stillness can hear the voice of thy spirit. Do thou in thy goodness provide abundantly in this morning hour, dear Father, for there are many needs and known unto thee only, we cannot tell. We only can realize our own needs and what can we bring but our weakness unto thee and that thou mayest uplift us. Bless thou the holy word as it goes forth. 
Move thou the hearts, dear Father, to heed it. Bless the little children that are gathered, that are being instructed in the truth, dear Father, and that they may embrace it soon and not be swayed by what this world has to offer, pleasures just for a season, and then awful regrets, and an eternity to regret. O oh, Father, may everywhere where there are gathered those in thy name and claim thy promise, O oh Lord, blessings abundantly flow. There is so great need for light in this world. We see that there is confusion, more and more darkness, O oh Lord, wars and rumors of wars, killings, atrocities. O oh Lord, it is enough to be overwhelmed by it, and it is for us so needful to turn to thee and have a quiet moment like we do this day that is set aside to worship thee. Help us that this day also may be profitable in the things that are decided, dear Father, that they may serve their purpose, that it may be orderly, and that thou be honored through it all. Dear Father, we are mindful of those that are grieving, be thou with them and uphold them, that they know whence comfort really comes and who is able to help them and even make things work out for good, as thou hast said in thy holy word, that all things work together for good to them that love thee and that are called according to thy purpose, and that we may discern that purpose and not waver from it. Dear Father, be with those also that need healing, also the little child, dear Father, that it all be to thy honor and glory. We commit this service into thy care and ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> it was a few Sundays ago the Lord spoke to us about not being able to receive God's grace with a clenched fist but that we needed to have an open hand. The passage we've read this morning, both in Isaiah and Proverbs, speak about receiving God's guidance, God's specific direction for our lives. And it seems again that we need to learn to approach God with an open hand, seeing our need for him, rather than our own abilities and what we can offer. We read together in Proverbs 3, uh, 5 and 6 here that, that as we trust in the Lord with all our heart and don't lean on our own understanding, and that we acknowledge him in all our ways, that he will direct our paths. The direction and guidance of God is something very special that we have access to. We have access to his word. We have access to truth in, in a very murky world of confusion with Relativism, where no one is willing to stand up anymore and say this is right and this is wrong. But God's word is very clear and unchanging. And it gives us that light 
in a dark place. In God's will or direction for our life will never contradict his word. You can, if someone comes to you and say, God wants me to, to uh, leave my wife, you know he's obviously contradicting God's word and it cannot be true. And so this is our first and most basic foundation for knowing and, and setting parameters and guardrails, if you will, on what God's will is for our life. But God can have a more specific direction for us that we have access to. God has a living relationship with us. And he speaks to us in many ways. His word being one that we can have a lot of confidence in because it's not subjective. It's not easily misunderstood. Although even Apostle Paul said sometimes people twist God's word. And we're thankful that we have access to to those who would proclaim his word, to brothers and sisters and parents and those that we can seek advice from. And sometimes God speaks to us in that still, small voice and speaks to us personally. The question I want to ask myself this morning, as well as you, is what, how do I need to prepare myself in order to hear that still, small voice and to know that I don't miss it in the noise and in the busyness of my life? <clears throat> I believe there's three things that get in my way from hearing what God wants to speak to me and the guidance he wants to give me. <clears throat> I've been reading through the, the Old Testament and going through the law, and it struck me that more than once in, in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is is proclaiming he's, he's, it's his last chance to speak to the people of Israel, those he's carried, he says, as a child from Israel for 40 years, and now he's on the bank of Jordan. They're going to go in, and he will, be, he will not be allowed. He'll be dying, and this is his last chance. And so he wants to warn them. He not only, Deuteronomy being the second law, he not only gives them a summary of the law again, but he gives them warnings that this is going to happen. I want to warn you ahead of time. And it struck me that he gave this warning, chapter 6 and chapter 8 and chapter 33 again, about what will happen when we go into the land and we find it is a good land. The problem of prosperity. If we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 
starting from verse 7, The Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil olive and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. That thou shalt remember that the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto his, thy fathers, as it is this day. We are blessed at a time where many, many are under financial pressure, but still when we look and we see the rest of the world, when we look at previous generations, we see that we are very, very blessed and we have a lot of things. Perhaps a lot of debt to go with it. As we know, our, our government is going deeper into it. But these things and the care and concern that come with these things, such as debt, and maintenance and worry and and providing we live in a time of much opportunity where there is a lot of things to run to and where we feel pressure to to uh, keep up and to get our children to get the right level of education, to get the right job, to be able to get the right income, to have the lifestyle that we see proclaimed around us as a standard, as an, an expected norm, as the key to, to happiness. And all of this striving as was said in the prayer, the noise and confusion and busyness tend to fill our minds and our hearts. And I find that it is hard for me to hear God's, what God would like to speak to me. It seems that Jesus had the same problem with his followers. You'll remember the story of Martha and Mary 
as Jesus came to their house to spend time with them. And Martha felt very burdened that she needed to serve the Lord, and she got busy. And in her busyness, she was getting frustrated that her sister Mary wasn't busy with her, and that her sister Mary was sitting there. Can you imagine the, 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 the boldness to just sit at the feet of Jesus while she was sweating and toiling away in the kitchen? And finally, she could take it no longer, and she came out and, and told Jesus, well, why don't you correct my sister Mary and tell her that she should be helping me? And Jesus said, Martha, I'm sure he said it with a, with a note of tenderness. He knew that her motivation was love, but it was misguided. It was misspent. And as Martha was busy toiling in the kitchen, Mary, he said, had chosen the good thing in quietness to sit at Jesus' feet. We all have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of opportunities. But do we take the time to sit at Jesus' feet? I'm concerned even in, in this building that sometimes I don't get to see my sister's faces as much as I would like to because they're being Martha's and they're working very hard. But sometimes we have the wrong priorities and we don't reserve time to put God first. And that doesn't just go for sisters. My brothers and my friends, I'm sure you find yourself very busy. And unless we put God first and reserve time first, and that's another principle we see in God's law, is that he wanted to teach them the first thing that comes out of the ground, your first increase, I want you to give that to me first. And we read in Proverbs 3 how we would be blessed if we honor God with our first. And that is not only true with our finances and with our, our giving, but it's true with our time. If we give God and reserve God and put, give God our time first, if we can say that I am too busy not to spend time with God to this, this morning, because I'm going to need his help to have the right frame of mind, to make the right decisions, to receive his guidance this day, to receive his strength and grace to deal with the people and the challenges. It's a very effective tool of Satan to say, go ahead, serve God. Be responsible, be diligent, be hardworking, be sacrificial. And, and spend yourself, even if it is for his service. But don't spend, you, you can't afford 
to sit still and be quiet and sit at Jesus' feet. You don't have time for that. That just is not going to fit in the schedule. It's, it's almost wrong. Other Marthas and other men are going to look at you and say you're slacking off, not carrying your weight, not doing your responsibilities because you are just sitting there. And we miss the supernatural. That it's not about, we're not human doings, we're human beings. And it's God himself who has said, be still and know that I am God. And we need to be still sometimes. I need to be still. The other part of this hectic lifestyle is consuming. There is so much for us to enjoy in this world. We read together what the enjoyments may have been in, in uh, 4000 BC of olive oil and food and, and, and never being scarce and uh, all kinds of um, fruits and vines and and goodly houses and all these enjoyments. Some things haven't changed. We still enjoy food quite a bit these days. Now there's other things that we use to entertain ourselves and fill our minds in our time. And so God instituted. He didn't institute. There was one day a year. He did ask the people of Israel to fast. That was the day of Yom Kippur. It was the day that they needed to humble themselves. They needed to remember, even as he said here, how I humbled you in the desert, how you had to be dependent on me for food. And where they had to humble and afflict their souls, is the, the wording in the King James of recognizing their need not only for food, but for forgiveness. As the blood was shed on their behalf on that uh, day of Yom Kippur. But those who love God, those who really wanted to hear from God, didn't just fast because it was required by religious law. They fasted because they didn't want to be so saturated with the good things of this world that they would not hear from God. We read in the New Testament, be filled with the Spirit. Do not be filled with wine wherein is excess, but be rather be filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5. Giving us that contrast that we can be filled with the things of this world that may even intoxicate and distract and keep, make our senses dull. As we are saturated as we think and are, are, are distracted. <clears throat> Daniel is an Old Testament example of someone who really wanted to hear from God. <clears throat> and he was also in a position of great power and opulence. And we know that he purposed in his heart right from the beginning that he would not compromise. As a young man... He said he wouldn't eat the king's meat and wine, but rather that he would uh, 
he would eat uh, the things that the Jewish law allowed. And <clears throat> but later on, as as the head ruler of the kingdom, he was weighed down with many visions and and wanted to understand what what God's plan was. And God showed him amazing things of of what his plan was for kingdoms and even all the way to the end of the world. And in Daniel chapter 10, we can read how he was really burdened. He really wanted to know and understand God's purposes and plans. And so in, we can read that in, in verse 2 and 3 here that in those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And then as a result, we heard recently uh, the powerful sermon about without battle there is no victory and how the angel was sent in response to those three weeks, those 21 days of him setting aside. He wasn't fasting completely. He didn't not eat at all. He just put aside the things that were pleasant, the things that were, were, were um, attractive, the things that were distracting him. And he ate just to sustain himself. And he was putting away all luxuries not because he had to, not because it was required of him, but just because for him it was more important to hear from God. And we see how, how this desire to know God, a desire that was more important than, than uh, pleasant food, got a response in that God sent an angel immediately from the throne, was dispensed 21 days earlier, and that there was a battle. Uh, we can, in the angelic realm, how Satan himself or has his minions, the demons, resist that messenger that he could not come for 21 days. But we see that when we seek God, that with that kind of fervency, it moves heaven and earth, literally. And so we need to make sure that our luxuries and our enjoyments and our entertainments do not so saturate us that we do not hear and cannot be filled with the Spirit. And that we take the time to, to re-sharpen our sense of, in desire for God and His direction. We've been challenged by the ministers and elders to, to be praying. That just like in Acts chapter 13, they prayed and they fasted and God showed them these people should be sent out to accomplish my work that I'm calling them to. That there was a, there was a collective desire to know God and to know His will specifically. And God responded in ways, and we can see in the books of, of Acts of amazing things that God did, of how his word spread in a powerful way that many thousands were, and, and, and we have you know, his word today because of that fervor and fervency 
of God's power, of seeking God to work in and through us. And so, we've learned that we need to be silent. We need to, from time to time, set aside those things that saturate us. And we also need to listen. Take the time to listen. In the Old Testament, Moses told the people, he says, you don't realize how special you are. You're not like other people that, whose gods are, cannot see, cannot speak. You have a God who is near and who actually speaks to you. That he actually cares about the details of your life and speaks to you. We also have that same God. Are we listening for what he would speak to us? I want to challenge you, my dear friend, to seek him. And let him speak to you. That he, this is not about a religion, about becoming good, about cleaning up a past life, about becoming respectable by any human standard. All those are lies and, and misrepresentations of what God has in mind. God wants a personal relationship with you. And if you want a personal relationship with him, you need to not only come to him and set aside the things that get in the way, you need to speak and to listen. Now the thing that I find gets in my way from hearing God's will is God knows whether I'm sincere or not. God knows that if he asks me to do something, am I really willing to follow through? Is this just lip service that I want to feel holy by saying the right words of saying, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Or am I really willing to do that? In James... beginning of the book, he speaks to people who are seeking God's direction and his wisdom. Let him ask, and if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He give it to all liberally, and upbraideth not. He doesn't, he doesn't get offended that you're asking him. He doesn't, he's happy that you're asking him, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and, and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. 
And the Lord impressed on me that this isn't just talking about, well, it is talking about whether you're really committed. The faith is not just an abstract religious, I've got this magic faith thing. It's, do I trust God? And when he says, Abraham, pick up, leave Ur and everything you're familiar with and go to a place I haven't even told you where it is yet, faith is being willing to pick up and to go. So when I ask God for direction, if he knows that I am not sincere, that I am wavering back and forth and that I am not true in my commitment, my willingness to say, not just now on Sunday, but in the middle of the week and in the middle of the stress of work and in the middle of the pressure of my peers, I am still willing to do whatever you tell me to do. When we come to him with that kind of singleness of eye, of focus, and surrendering of heart, then God is free to work through us. Then he will reveal to us because we are willing to obey. This is the power that, that John, Jesus spoke of when he said, except the seed fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. We can try to keep our pleasures and keep our riches and keep our reputations and keep our comfort and security, but if we do, we shrivel up and dry on the shelf. But when we are willing to let this shell go, and we're willing to really follow God wherever he leads. It feels like death because it's death to our own will, but it's a new life in the power of God and in the, his purposes and his amazing will. What he has designed you for from before the foundation world is now coming to pass in your life, and he's being glorified. Heaven and earth are being shaken by your willingness to surrender and let God work through you unhindered. May that be true for each one of us.
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word that we are reminded again. Father, there is so much that has been covered once again today. And yet, Lord, do we learn. Father, we are reminded, Lord, that we should not take things in our own understanding, nor that we should do things according to the things that fill our heart, perhaps, and the things that we think is right. Father, we instructed clearly this morning that if we follow thee, Lord, that we will not, not be wrong. Yet, Father, because we do not see this, perhaps we are weak in faith, we do things on our own and thinking maybe it is better. Father in heaven, we pray, forgive us for our stubbornness and for our lack of faith. Help us, Lord, that our faith would grow, that we would increase, Lord, that we would draw closer to thee. Father, we see and we understand by thy word now that, and as before, that those that have followed thee, Lord, have not gone wrong, but they have, even those that have passed on before us, Lord, as we look around and we, we look at their lives and we see what a blessing to those that have followed and that have been faithful. Father, we pray that this would not depart from our mind or our hearts, but that we would, Lord, keep it and that we would hold it as a treasure in our hearts, Lord, that Thy word would guide us and, and be a, a light unto others also, Lord, that Thou, God, would be glorified. As Jesus did say, that we would bring forth fruit, that Thou, God, would be glorified much. Father, we pray that Thou would forgive us in our past that we have sinned against Thee, the things that we have done wrong, perhaps the things that we have not done. Help us, Lord, that we would draw closer to Thee and that we would that we would throw away this worldly things that, that hinder us so much and the pleasures of this life as we have heard and the things, Lord, that distract us from Thee. Father in heaven, we are reminded also of the two sisters that perhaps argued and, and as thou didst say, Lord, one did the better of the both because she, she desired to be with Jesus and not the, not the things of this life that perhaps we put on so much energy and so much so much for nothing. Father, we pray that we would be reminded always that, that thou would remind us with thy word that, it would, that we would follow those things that we know are in the word and not those things that pertain to us. Father, we pray for those, as we have heard this morning also, that are grieving, those that have lost their loved ones, those that are living in, in difficulty alone perhaps, and Father, we pray for their children, for their families, for their, for their parents, and whoever be left. Father, we pray Thou bless this day that Thou hast given to us. Father, we pray for the, the sick, the widows, the orphans. We pray for the destitute. Father, we pray for the many in need and in difficulty. Father, we pray for those that are attending and perhaps not understanding. Draw them, Lord, with Thy love and help them to understand. But for all thy goodness, Lord, and for all thy mercy, we thank thee. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
We have a very generous God. He wants to be a part of our lives. He's not a distant, far-off judge who rules with an iron fist. He's an Abba Father who wants to be involved in the details of our lives. We are very blessed. And let's not forget the giver by being preoccupied with his gifts. Let's not rely on our power when his is available to us. When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel frustrated, when we feel that we are at the end of our hoarded resources, it's a reminder that we have not spent that time relying on him and allowing him and his more than sufficient grace to work through us. It's time to sit in silence at his feet. May we always turn to him with that open hand to receive that he can bless us as he has always wanted to do. With that, we would conclude this morning's service.